Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an evening edition of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Now, I normally do this show in the morning. I'm in my PJs, but now I'm in my PJs. I'm in bed, and my lovely wife, Brenda, is right next to me with her eye mask on, sitting like inches from yours truly as I record this episode. Now, now, Brenda, before I talk about Stranger Things Premium Edition... I want you to tell the listeners of Canada's Pinball Podcast just anything you want to tell them because you've got a, a captive audience. Here we go. Ready? Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in and tuning in to this God, God-forsaken little fella every single week. How many times do you do this now? Three or four times? Three or four. God bless you all. Continue to listen. Continue to vote if you have done so. My parents just arrived in today, and God bless. They brought their votes from Ireland. But, you know, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And uh, apologies for my mouth. I've got a mouth guard in. This is awful. Can we record this again? Like, you just put my, me, my head No, that's it. That's it. Now, she's wearing a mouth guard. She's wearing a mouth guard. And I think she was talking about voting for me in the Twippies. Is that what you were talking about, Brenda? I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get your votes. Okay. So, let's talk about Stranger Things Premium Edition. All right, we finally, after all these weeks of speculating on whether or not the projector would work, whether or not it would add to the game, whether or not it would add value to the game, we finally got a great stream tonight from Jack Danger, and the world got to see it. And and I'm just, first of all, on, on a certain level, I'm just glad that we finally got to see the thing in action because, you know, I think everyone can agree that at CES, it was very underwhelming. It was kind of pointless to bring it to the show. And, you know, we finally got to see the premium machine in motion. And and I've been thinking about how I want to articulate my response to what I saw. And, I, you know, it's funny because I went onto the stream for a little bit tonight and I was immediately banned for just being me. And and it wasn't Jack banning me. His, his he has he has moderators that are helping him moderate the chat, and they they booted me out for ten minutes for telling Flinnybus to go, you know, to go shove it, you know. But but besides that, here's here's my thoughts on the game. And I, I just I want everyone to sort of just take a deep breath because I feel like when I think about Stranger Things pinball and Brian Eddy's return to pinball, and how people have been approaching this game, myself included, I feel like all of us are just really like wound tight around this game. And it's for a few reasons, right? It's Brian Eddy, one of the most acclaimed designers of all time, who's created some of the best pinball machines ever. So you have him making one of the hottest contemporary themes in the world right now in Stranger Things, right? It's Netflix's most popular show of all time. So it's no small property. And you have, you put those two together and you have high expectations. And so, you know, for the last few weeks, we've all been sort of just responding and reacting to this game. And I think it leads to a few things. I, I think it leads to extreme emotions. I think it leads to people extremely defending the title 
I think it leads to people extremely hating on the title. And, you know, you throw in some Rick and Morty fans and it, it becomes a little bit of like, you know, Stranger Things is just a game that's easy to hate on. It's easy to pick on and it's easy to, uh, you know, cheerlead at the same time. I don't know about you, but I'm sort of just trying to find my grasp on this entire game. Like, what do I really feel about it? What does it make me feel? And what 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 should you feel about this game which is which is of course up to you you know as a fan of pinball so here's my take on this whole thing let's start with the projector i think it's fair to say after watching the stream that the projector works a okay like it it works right it, it, for those of you who were who were thinking it, it was going to be a catastrophic tech in the game and and the mech wasn't going to work and it was going to be completely underwhelming I think if you watch the stream tonight, you come away thinking like it it, it works, like the projector is doing what it, it is intended to do. Now, that being said, I, I think it still has more potential than it's currently fulfilling. And what I mean by that is, while it works really well in that big, you know, 90 degree angle sort of screen in front of the Demogorgon, I still think that the ramps to me feel underwhelming and I and I think there's a lack of stuff happening on those ramps as you watch the stream so you know I I just I just don't get the sense that the projector outside of that big area is really enhancing the experience of stranger things and and maybe that's to come and maybe there's more code to come um, but I think at this stage in the game uh, we're seeing something that it's working well, but it's not blowing me away. And, and I think that's that's my takeaway. Now, each of you will have a different takeaway. And, and, and as I was, you know, talking to people on Facebook, as I was reading people in the stream, here's here's my take on this whole thing, because, you know, I'm just one dude who's giving you my opinion. I, I think this game is a very polarizing game. And I think this game has a lot of people that want to like it a lot more than they probably do. And I think this game has people hating on it a lot more than they probably should. Is, is that fair? Like, let me just repeat that. The people who want to love it are loving it more than they, they probably should. And the people who hate it are probably hating it more than they should. And, and I think that's the story right now of Stranger Things. It's this really divisive game. It's this game where, depending on how you approach it, you're going to come away from it feeling a certain way. So, for example, if you approach Stranger Things and you want a lot of toys, and you want a lot of mechanisms, and you want a lot of the magic in a physical sense of that world on the game, you're not going to get it. Like, it's just not there. There's, there's no way to look at this game and, 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 and get any, any really, like, significant amount of physical, mechanical toys in it that represent the world of Stranger Things. It's not. They went for a more, uh, you know, visual and projector and screens and, and LCDs. There's not a lot in the game from, from a toy standpoint. Okay. So, if you go into it looking for that, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go into the game looking for a game that has a lot of flow and has really fun shots 
and has fast pace, you're going to be excited by Stranger Things, okay? Because it shoots phenomenally well. I mean, I, I mean, playing the pro for a few hours, I loved shooting this game. As I was shooting it, me, the toy lover, I wanted there to be more physical stuff happening in the game. But from a pure shot layout, this game is very rewarding to shoot, without a doubt. Now, if you go into this game and you want a game in which you feel completely immersed in the world of Stranger Things and you feel like you understand what you're doing in the game and you feel like you're dropped into this journey through the Stranger Things world, I think the way the game is coded right now, I think you're going to be disappointed. Even when I watch the stream, projector aside, I, I still feel a complete lack of understanding in what the player is doing. And, and it, it's, it's, it has to do with the lack of callouts. It has to do with the lack of connection with any of the modes. It's just, it's just like you're, you're, you're hitting shots to start modes. I get that part of it, but there's, there's not even like an introduction in the game that tells you what you're there doing. You are simply uncovering scenes from the show, but there's no cohesiveness to it. There's no storytelling. I mean, that's maybe that's the best way to put it. There's absolutely no storytelling in this game. And for, for those of you who like a pinball machine that tells a story and takes you on a journey, I think this game right now, as it's coded, is a little bit of a, of a mess for people that are looking for story-driven pinball machines, okay? Now, here here's the other part. If you're someone who just loves Stranger Things, and the theme song and the sound effects of Stranger Things and the vibe of, you know, that that music and the atmosphere of Stranger Things. And, you know, you might really just fall in love with this game the moment you start playing it because that theme song pulls you in and it, and it never stops. Like it definitely does do a good job of pulling you in to the feeling and the vibe of Stranger Things without a doubt. You see what I'm saying? It's like this totally bipolar game that I'm not sure if I love it, which I know I don't, but I don't hate it as much as I think I want to. <laughs> Does that make sense? <sighs> Brenda, what do you think? Am I making any sense? Ooh. Oh, ow, that's my face. Um, no, I'm not <coughs> listening. I'm going to sleep. I'm trying to go to sleep. This is our bed. This is my good night time. Okay. So I just, I put the mic to her face. She, she swung up and she hit it, which was more movement than is in the Stranger Things game. Um, so, so here's my take, people. Here's my take. Projector works a-okay. The projector works fine. Does it work great on the ramps? Does it work great in other areas? I don't know. I'm not sold on the whole projector equaling an amazing experience. I've always said on this show, pinball is a physical thing. And if you look at what the projector is doing, it's not adding pretty much anything to the physical experience of the pinball game. It is, it is trying to create a visual atmosphere for the game. But even in the game as I watch it now, the way it's coded, when they go into the upside down, I'm not feeling like the projector has made the upside down world come to life in a way they couldn't have done otherwise, okay? 
but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of tired right now. And, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm tired and I'm fatigued by both parties' reactions to this game. I'm tired of the people saying it's the worst game ever because it's not. But I'm tired of the apologists and the people who have already ordered their Ellie's that are just saying it's amazing and epic because it's not. It's not. Like, let's not fool ourselves. Like, nothing we've seen is epic in this game. Nothing we've seen is amazing. And, and I kind of, I feel like Stranger Things just leaves me in the middle. It's a game in which it doesn't really make me want to own it. It doesn't. But it doesn't make me not want to play it. Like, I want to play this game. I want to find a, a Stranger Things. I want to play it. And I want to have fun playing it. And I know I will. But there's nothing about this game that makes me want to own it. And, and I guess my point on this podcast is, isn't that just okay? Like, isn't it okay that there's a game that might be fun? It might give people who are fans of Stranger Things a pinball experience, which it does. But it also might not just be a game that you have to own. And in, in my book, it just that's where it falls. I think it's going to be fun for those who play it. I think it's going to be justifiable as something you need to own for those who bought it. The people who are in on this game, they will justify their purchase and they will go on pin side and they will justify why they bought it. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, I mean, who are we to tell someone who goes and buys it that they're wrong for buying it if they're having fun with it? That's, that's their prerogative. I just see no reason to own this game. I don't. I just don't see anything in it that would make me want to go spend $7,500 to $9,000 to own the projector version of the game. In fact, I still think the Pro is the way to go. Like, the projector's fine. It works great. It works great. I just still don't think you're going to have more fun with the projector than you would have with the Pro version of the game. Because I had fun with the Pro, and I again, watching the projector version of the game, I just don't see that stuff as that much more interesting, and I don't see the telekinesis ball lock as much more interesting and worth the money. So that's great. You could save yourself a lot of money and just get Stranger Things Pro. So that's where I am with this game. I think it's a game that's going to go down once Ninja Turtles gets revealed. I think this game is going to go down as a game that divided people. I, I don't think it's going to go down as a game that universally people love, like Jurassic Park. But I also don't think it's going to go down as a game that people universally can't stand, like the Munsters. <laughs> right? I think it's going to fall somewhere in that like you know above average. I think that's the best way to put it. I think this will go down as a, an above average game. For me, Stranger Things falls in that zone where it's like, it's above Monsters. It's above Game of Thrones. I think it falls somewhere in the like Guardians of the Galaxy realm. You know, it's like below Deadpool. It's like in that area below Deadpool, but above Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it's never going to be looked at as a Jurassic Park. It's never going to be looked at as a Metallica. It's never going to be looked at as an ACDC or a Star Trek. It's just not. It's just not. Um, and that's just my opinion, right? You could love it. You could buy it. You could enjoy it. And that's great. And that's great. But 
I th- I'm just glad because I feel like now, hopefully, we can all move on and stop being so ridiculously apologetic around this title and so ridiculously negative around this title because I just don't think either either way or either approach is worth it, right? It's just a pinball machine based on Stranger Things. Now, if you ask me, 20 years waiting for Brian Eddy to come back based upon strange. I just think, I just think on some level, it is a little bit of a letdown. It is for me. It's a little bit of a letdown. I just don't think there's that much in it. And I think they try new stuff and I think it's, it, it is what it is. But I also don't think it's this, this like the worst game ever that we just have to like slam left and right. Okay. And for a lot of you out there, for a lot of you out there, you know, you just have to get some time on it. You have to get some time on it. You have to get some time on it. And I think if you really love Stranger Things as a property, I think you're going to enjoy it. I think if Stranger Things is not your thing, I don't think this is going to like win you over from a pinball experience, okay? All right. But here's the thing. I will give Stern credit. I will give Stern credit. They've let people play this game. They've, they've streamed it. They've shown us it. They've given people enough information now to make up their minds on the game. When do we get to see Rick and Morty, right? The other game that's out there in terms of like the community, Brenda, was that just you huffing? Yawning. What? I'm just yawning. What do you, why are you yawning? I'm going to sleep. Okay, Brenda's tired. You hear that? I just recorded. Brenda, you're on the show. Yeah. What? Okay. All right, you see that? See how much she loves Canada's Pinball Podcast? Um, you know, we haven't seen Rick and Morty. Nobody knows how it flips. Nobody knows if it's amazing or not. You know, nobody knows if it's, you know, Rick and Morty could be really brutal, could be really frust- frustrating. You know, you might not like it as much as you think you're going to like it, but yet it's already being crowned the champion of pinball machines without a single flip. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see if it's actually as good as all the hype. I don't think I've ever seen a game get the, you know, sort of like the the gold medal before it's even run the race. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And we're not going to see it for like another maybe week or two because I heard they're ironing out the bugs. And I think 10 games are starting to be built this week next but they're not going to go out to end of next week so you can start to factor in how long your wait is by the first 10 games going out the end of next week okay now someone put up their spot on ebay this is interesting someone put up their spot on ebay for get this bloodsucker edition number 440 and their eBay spot sold for over $3,000, all right? Now, what people are not realizing is $3,000 plus the $6,000 for the game. But remember, the Bloodsucker Edition down payment was $1,500, which really means that that seller made a $1,500 profit, not a $3,000 profit, But that's still incredible that spot number 440 of Rick and Morty just netted a dude 1500 bucks profit, 
when that's not even a good spot. So I'm curious to see if that uh, you know, convinces more people that are low down on the Rick and Morty list to try and flip their games. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what game number I am, but if that game sold for that, I feel like I could get four to five thousand dollars for my spot number on Rick and Morty. All right. So, what else is going on in pinball? So, something else that I learned that is really interesting. So, you know, when I talked about the the guy who released the code for Alien Pinball, well, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that this was not just any ordinary person. So his name on Pinside is BCD. Now his name in real life is Brian Domini or Domini, yeah. And he is actually an ex-highway pinball software writer. So he was one of the people that wrote the code for the original game. So now it's starting to make sense why why he was able to do this, why he was able to like create all these fixes for the game it also is interesting here's another fact that someone sent me the pinball brothers have recently refiled with a $500,000 debt note on their company so why are the pinball brothers saying they've invested $500,000 in their pinball venture last year is that debt that carried over from highway pinball or is that $500,000 the cost of getting manufacturing up and running to remake alien pinball so really curious what's happening with the pinball brothers these days I think it's more than meets the eye if you were to ask me all right that is what's happening there and we gave you guys some news on Ninja Turtles. Let me let me read a few of your emails and then I'm going to say goodnight because I know Brenda wants to go to bed and Bubba is snoring. All right. So what else is going on? So uh, let's see. I'm going to read your email. So you know what I love about my, my listeners is I love the fact that these guys are so supportive. I love stuff like this. So Ben Crane, right, he wrote, Chris. Enjoyed your podcast as usual. This one I felt like the first half of the podcast was about how could anyone buy Stranger Things LE when Stern hasn't streamed it yet. The second half was look at how great Spooky is because the first Rick and Morty buyers will get to play it before it is already streamed. Spooky has produced their share of poor quality games also, but everyone gives them a pass on it because of their limited ability to produce games. Each release seems to follow a pattern of, let's see, iration, exuberance, and people clamoring for early spots. Then early spots and games get flipped for profit. Eventually, the value of later spots and home-use-only games decreases in value as people move on to the next new thing. So look, he has some other statements here. Ben, Ben brings up an interesting point. And I haven't really talked about this. And I've been wanting to talk about this. And people have asked me to talk about this. Brenda, do you want me to talk about this or do you want to go to bed? Go for it, love. The people want to hear. The people people want to hear. Okay, the people want to hear. It's a really interesting 
topic, and that is, is everybody giving Spooky a pass? I kind of have been thinking a lot about this. It's like Stern has a TIE fighter on a spring, and the world just ends, and people are just like, how could they? Spooky Pinball puts a, a you know a ten dollar Rick and Morty spaceship USB spaceship on a spring, and everyone's like, "Take my money now!" And Spooky Pinball tells people you have to wait eighteen months to get your game, and everyone's like, "Greatest game ever!" And meanwhile, Stern Pinball will get seven hundred and fifty Stranger Thing games into people's homes within six weeks, right? Not eighteen months. And so where I land on this is Spooky does get a pass and they are looked at different than Stern Pinball and they aren't held to the same standards as Stern Pinball and they, and the expectations and the response to things they do is, is, is reacted to differently. But I'll also say this is a lot of the reasons why Spooky gets a pass is because Spooky is a part of the community and Stern is not. Like Stern Pinball doesn't engage with anybody online. Stern Pinball doesn't talk to people on Pinside. Stern Pinball doesn't really engage with people on Facebook. And yet Spooky Pinball does. And Spooky Pinball is, you know, you know who they are. Charlie, KT, you know, Bug. Like they're like a little family. And and, and they they interact with people and they interact with their customers. And Stern Pinball doesn't really do that. You know, I was just listening to like Zach Sharp on Pinball Profile this week. Have you, if you guys want to hear like a 30-minute handjob session for Zach Sharp, go listen to that podcast. It's like Jeff Teolis just sucking up to Zach Sharp like I've never heard anyone suck up, you know, to anyone before. And it's, you know, what's amazing is go listen to that podcast. And when Jeff Teolis is trying to talk to him about the Stranger Things video leak that happened, it's go, go listen to it. It's like, everyone knows that it was me, Kaneda, that leaked the Stranger Things gameplay footage to the world. And, and he, it's like, he can't even say my name that I did it. And then I love it too, because Zach Sharp tries to convince us that that video was watermarked like he knows he knows who leaked the video he doesn't know and i know for a fact that zach sharp was like accusing all these people at stern of like being the the culprits in the leak and and i love it too zach's like if people want to threaten their careers zach canada one zach sharp zero i'm still gonna get all your information zach your people aren't happy trust me they're going to give me the goods. You can't you can't watermark at all. And, you know, Ninja Turtles is next. So I fully expect to have another spoil moment for them on Ninja Turtles. Uh-oh, what does Kaneda have? Zach, come on. Email me at kanedapinball at gmail.com, Zach, and we can figure out a little truce. Okay, so, you know, Spooky definitely gets a little bit of a pass, but they deserve a little bit of a pass because I just think they give more to people. So they get more in return from people. And, and there's, there's no denying it. There's no denying it. Everything Spooky has done around this, the, the Rick and Morty launch has been perfect, right? Free topper. You want your coin door. Like, let's talk about the coin door. You, they'll paint it for you. They'll paint it the purple for you. 
I mean, somewhere in this world, Richie Wrench is doing backflips because the actual company will paint the door for them. You know, as I've watched this whole thing, as I've watched Spooky Pinball just dominate the, the goodwill around this launch, I, I kept walking away feeling one thing. This is the kind of company that Jersey Jack Pinball always should have been. Jersey Jack Pinball always should have aimed to be a smaller volume, high-end pinball company in which you can treat your customers like this, right? In which you can give customers the white glove service. You can allow your customers to option out their machines the way they want them. I mean, think about how pathetic it is. Just think about it. That spooky pinball allows their customers to customize their games exactly as they want them and they're just a mid-level boutique. And Jersey Jack Pinball that sells more expensive high-end pinball machines does not allow their customers nearly the amount of options to customize their games. It's, it's the whole reason why I think Jersey Jack Pinball has really continued to somewhat flounder and, and, and has never really found its true purpose in pinball. They always should have been more about being a high-end, lower-volume company so they can treat their customers the way Spooky Pinball is treating its customers. And it's just, it's, it's just not that way, right? You know, Jack is, is like stuck in the middle. He, he's, he's not as big as Stern. He's bigger. He's the only, I mean, Jack is like the, Jack and CGC, they're like these medium-sized pinball companies. But because of that, I, I think Jersey Jack Pinball doesn't have the ability to do what Charlie's doing, but Jack should be exactly where Charlie's at. He should be making a thousand games and charging a lot more for them and making their customers feel like they're getting more than they expected, not less, Right? When you put that Willy Wonka CE topper on top of your game, is that what you expected or is it less than you expected? When you see the signature plate in that game, is that more or less than what you expected it to be? Now look, there's one dude, man, every once in a while, like someone says something and I'm like, that guy gets it. And I'm going to end this episode with, I want to read what this guy wrote because, you know, I... I think he crystallized everything I've felt about Willy Wonka. You know, I fell in love with the way Willy Wonka shot. I did. But, you know, from there is is where I just, uh, what did they do? What did they do to this iconic movie when they made a pinball version of it? I want to read this for you, and then I'm going to end this episode. So there was a pin side post from Davis, like GL1979. And he wrote, he and people were talking about Willy Wonka and how, you know, there's stuff in the game, stuff out of the game. And he wrote, what was left on the cutting room floor with Wonka? Game is pretty jam-packed, even on a standard. Okay, so he wrote that. And then this guy, Jamcat, J-A-M-C-A-T, this guy responded and encapsulated every 
single thing I've been feeling about Willy Wonka and the reason why there's not a Willy Wonka in my room right now is everything this guy wrote and it's not very long and I want to read it for you right now and it goes like this. He says, how about an actual brass Wonkavator that can receive the ball? A pipe ball lock in egg decator instead we got a spinning gobstopper in lcd with a plastic wonka vision frame and a diy project looking wooden and plastic shelf with a wonka vader sticker on it it's obvious that margins were the number one consideration on this one however even the rule set needed better structure how about making each of the five golden tickets correspond with each kid and their individual encounters in the factory? Instead, each ticket is a hodgepodge of tasks that don't flow at all, and the kids were tied into one multiball like an afterthought. It just could have been so much more if given the attention to detail that Pirates of the Caribbean had. It's not a terrible machine as is, but not one I get excited about playing either. Well, Jamcat, thank you, because that is exactly how I've felt when I look at how they coded that game. And look, it just it's indicative, people. And again, Wonka, to me, Wonka's a lot like Stranger Things is going to be. Willy Wonka is the same way. It's like the people who own it will will swear by it the people who don't own it will hate on it in a way that's probably more extreme than they should and that's sort of where we are in pinball like pinball has become kind of like our political world now we there, there's no middle ground and and i'm here to tell you on this episode of canada's pinball podcast that i think all of us need to start looking a little bit for the middle ground like i can see why people like stranger things but I also could see why people hate it. I can tell you why I'm not gonna buy it. I can tell you why I think it's not as incredible as it could have been. I could tell you I wanted to see more toys in the game. I could tell you why I think it's a little barren and unimaginative. But I also, I also will listen to people who love it. I will respect why they love it. And I will try to experience the fun they're having when I play it, but I just won't own it. And, and then I'm fine with that. Like, right, can we all just learn to sort of find that sort of middle ground where, you know, we could start to see what people find good in a game, even if we don't want to buy it. And I think sometimes, on, on you know, in this hobby, and for those who listen to this show, we, we sort of either want a game in which we definitely want to own it, or we want to just like completely exile a game into a black hole of it being terrible. And and I think most games are somewhere in the middle. Like even when I saw all the games from 2019, it's amazing like there just aren't that many great games. Like great games come out every like few years. Not every year is a great game. And that's just the reality of pinball. And the rest of them you know, some people might like, some people might hate. And Stranger Things, to me, 
is a game in which I'm just sort of like in the middle on. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's horrible. I think it's just a fun game that I don't have a desire to own. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Brenda, is that fair before I let everyone go? Um, I stopped listening because I was going to sleep, but sure. Yeah, whatever your listeners think, they'll, they'll email you and let you know. All right, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let my beautiful wife go to bed and Bubba is snoring. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, it's been it's been a good year. It's been a good year. I'm getting tired of all the fighting about these games. They're just pinball machines. You know, I'm, I'm just happy we have enough games to to, uh, you know, to look at, to review, to critique. I look forward to playing the premium version of this game. And, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think Stern can do better. And I think what's coming out next is going to prove that. And I think Ninja Turtles is going to blow people away. Anyway, everyone, have a great night and we'll talk to you soon. 